0: Hey, it's Casey Coop, and you're hearing Casey's Freak Show podcast, presented by Meltdown Comics and the strong ass coffee that has me vibrating right now. Um, it's uh, it's my morning. It's four p.m. and it's stripper morning. Uh, it's also comedian morning, which brings me to my talented guest today, Mr. Chris Estrada, who's a comic I've known since I started like five or six years ago. But he's actually spent those years grinding really hard, unlike me, <laughs> and it's paying off because he just made Time Out LA's list of comics to watch in 2018.
1: What's up, Coop? I've been good. good. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. This yeah. I had too much coffee. Did you? I had one cup and it was over. Coffee
1: affects you, or do you not drink a lot of coffee?
0: I drink coffee every day, and it really, really affects me. But you know, it's weird. So did like alcohol so did drugs like i could do something all the time and still be super sensitive to it Uh, um i I think there's like a word for that but i don't remember what yeah
1: i wish coffee affected me like that it doesn't like i just it's more of a comfort drink or it's just a placebo it makes me think i'm not tired but i know i feel tired (laughs) but you feel tired
0: but you're like well at least i have my comfort yeah
1: i know Um, it's awful yeah
0: i've always been like hypersensitive to stuff i remember one time i was like (laughs) it was one of my last times doing drugs I was like on Molly and I was like wh- I was like way way too high like it was one of those like stupid after hours where everyone's cooked out yeah but then people are looking at me like what's wrong with her oh <laughs> it just like, hits yeah, you super hard or yeah, yeah like every there's like a word my friend was saying for it but we mm-hmm. met back in my drunk sloppy days yeah um, it's been nice. a while since I've I seen know
1: you. yeah I haven't seen you in a while I remember the Casey was a really fun mic the only fun mic at this place that it's a really dark place off skid row yeah we won't say the, say the name. name but it's a really dark place like like
0: literally was, and figuratively yeah dark yeah that, yeah there.
1: it was the only time that place was kind of fun oh thank I, you because i've been to mike's after that and no offense to people who host mike's there but it just oh. never kind of had it again yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think I think it
0: was jenny and i was just like manic sloppiness that brought people like people would come down for that mic
1: yeah well the thing about it too is it it was uh you guys were like goofy about it but you were really efficient yeah. Like you were like we're we're, Asian. That's yeah. why. Keep it moving. We're Asian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we was, know how
0: to keep a schedule.
1: That's what that's like a running joke that me and another comic have that Asian and uh, like Indian comics yes. are very efficient. Totally. They're, when you get there, like the show starts at this time. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's there's an efficiency. No,
0: I know, and it's funny because shows always run late, but I imagine it's like, no, we're keeping to the time. Yeah,
1: let's keep to Yeah, you guys were always efficient, and then you guys like bantered when you had to
0: oh man i miss that's why yeah. i'm I'm actually starting to host a show with evan kessler oh, yeah. soon um, that's good on the 20th we're doing a bi-weekly because i miss getting up regularly and just mm-hmm. like forcing myself to go and riff and play that's good
1: yeah you should that's really yeah fun. we're gonna
0: have you on you're on our oh. list yeah. you're oh. on our list with a yeah. secret list it's not secret but you're on it that's um so i just ran into you the other day with frankie quinone i hope i said his last name right quinones Oh, fuck. Oh, it's okay. Pretend I said it right. Um, But you opened for him on the road, right? Where were you yeah. guys at?
1: We were... um, When we saw you, we, we had just come back from Indianapolis.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: that was cool. Was
0: it the improv? Or the... No,
1: they have a... It's Crackers Comedy Club. And then Frankie, it was a Thursday, two Fridays, two Saturdays type show. It was good. It was like... I mean, it's... It's really interesting to go out with him because it's seeing someone become famous.
0: You mean you? No, (laughs) seeing him. No, seeing him. I know. I feel like he is famous.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like seeing him. Like, it's really interesting to see somebody. Like, he's a comic. It's interesting to see a comic have a fan base.
0: Wow. Because, you know,
1: so, so many of us exist as like city, like L.A. city comics. Yeah. So, we're either doing shows in L.A. or open mics or we get up on shows outside of town but they're like showcase shows Mm -hmm. but he's like headlining so people are going I I mean it's there's always people who buy who just treat comedy as a thing to do that night Mm -hmm. but then there's people who are like Oh, we like this guy. Let's go watch him. And that's like really interesting. To yeah. See. Well, People, I was going like, you, you too,
0: though. I mean, like Frankie's like obviously blowing up. But I feel like you yeah. too. I I think I knew that since I first met you that you were oh. going to do I mean, it was it's clear. Amazing. Like you're very funny. I remember yeah. the first bit I ever heard you tell. I was like crying. It was um, in the palace upstairs. I
1: remember that. It's the first time I remember making I laugh you laugh. Because I laugh
0: really loud and everyone yeah. knows when I laugh. They're like, I feel better when you're laughing because I have this obscene laugh that's like yeah. guttural and I can't help if it's really funny.
1: You know what's funny? I remember the bit that made you laugh. Do too. you really remember? Yeah. It's like
0: the funniest shit I've ever heard. I, I might
1: be wrong, but the bit I used know what to it be is. about how like everybody's surprised <laughs> that we have our first black president. Yeah. But I'm like, I know, I know but nobody's that. talking about. That black people are finally skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember yeah, it very I remember well. That. And, yeah, I, and it makes I me laugh that. like
0: every time you tell it, even though I know yeah, what the punchline yeah, is. Yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. that.
1: Yeah, totally remember that. Yeah, that uh, I always, <laughs> there's like certain people that we all came up with. Like, I remember making Paige Weldon laugh for the first time. or And making, she has like
0: a cute little, like, mouse, like, squeaky yeah. laugh. It's adorable.
1: I remember making, uh, he doesn't live in LA anymore, but like Pedro Salinas.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, not, I, I want to say like all the good ones, but like a lot of the good ones moved to New York. Cause yeah, I know. I'm actually, well, there's like a project I'm, I'm working on, I need to cast. And <laughs> all my friends live in fucking New York now that, well, like yeah. half of the, that I want to cast in it, but. I, I feel like I got left behind. I just don't think I could cut it in fucking New York.
1: Well, I I, I think you could. I just think it's like whether you're built for the rhythm. of No, New I'm York, not. You know, it's... I I kind of I wish I could, but I'm I'm 32, so the idea of like oh you're mov- a baby, so the idea of moving to New York now, it's like really? I should have done it when I was like. If I was younger, I would have. Do- you know what I mean. But it's like it's kind of going to a scene and starting over. Like I rather, I would rather go there now and get on shows as opposed to moving there and then trying to.
0: Have you done shows out there? I've never been. Really? No, I never. I been. did a week, um, two October's ago because that's right after like all the girls, my girls moved yeah. out there, and I was like, maybe. And then I realized the city is just like a moving panic attack and I'm like oh I've had enough of those um I like LA because it's enough city for me
1: yeah it is it is enough city it's uh I feel the same way like uh when I'm in San Francisco I'm like yeah this is nice to visit I don't know that (laughs) I you know what I mean like I don't want to be stacked on yeah it's just like the density is a bit much i don't know i mean there's density in la but it's not the same kind of density no you, you know? can like
0: go be on a tropical vacation like at malibu like yeah <laughs> it yeah. balances out because i grew up in the fucking sticks so i'm like even the commotion of this much like hollywood i'm like okay yeah. i've had enough i need to go to the beach now to to, to unwind
1: yeah i should i mean i want to go i don't know that i would move anywhere else i was just born and raised here so it feels yeah, like home write, you
0: write jokes about like that you're not like you're lazy, like you're like I wouldn't want to like have to travel far for comedy. Yeah,
1: I always think about that. Like I always think about how lucky I am that I was, that I was born and live in L.A. Because if I lived an hour out, like if I lived in Riverside, <laughs> I don't know that I'm passionate enough to drive an hour no. <laughs> into L.A. to do comedy. You, you were know? literally
0: born to do this, Chris. No, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I just it's like I just think, oh man, I'm so late. It it just. I happen to live here, so it's, like, convenient. I think
0: I I was lucky that my passion for stand-up coincided with my passion for wanting to get the fuck away from my family. So I was like, I'm just going to move down there, partly to punish them, yeah, and then partly to just... do things i like
1: yeah you're happy here though
0: i'm super happy here um my family relationship's getting better and then i've had it was so funny this year because i've had a couple like visits with my parents and we never got along um particularly my mom and i but it's through my own personal growth that we're we're getting on better um and then all of a sudden like after their last they visited in like september october something after their visit i started weeping to my boyfriend and and he's like what and i'm like Oh no, like I don't have enough time with my family and it was the first time I was like mm. sad that I oh, that I nice. was far away. Yeah. And then he's like you can just fly there and I was like oh yeah, it's like not that far. Yeah,
1: but it's the distance, you know. It's the it's the idea of like they're not that close, you know. Like
0: but I think if I did live closer to them, I'd probably want to murder them. So it's yeah, for that makes the best. Sense. Maybe
1: it's a healthy distance.
0: Yeah. How yeah. how are things like you grew up here with mm-hmm. your mom, just your mom, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean I was mostly raised by my mom and my grandmother and uh all my aunts and strong female sister. influence. Yeah. How I, do you uh, think
0: that affected you? Let me just doctor fill well, you know this what? over here.
1: Probably good and bad. Because I grew up like uh so like, my parents were divorced, and, you know, maybe my dad wasn't the greatest dude or whatever. So, in a way, it made me, like, when I started dating, I was, like, a, I was trying to be, like, a Captain Saver hole <laughs> Like, I was always, like. Well, I've met thousands of those. Like, I overcompensated, you know? Like, I just felt like, you know, so if you just be, like, oh. Like, you just feel, like. You almost want to be the opposite of a bad dude. Oh, you, you want
0: to be like the really, really good guy. Yeah. Kind of.
1: Yeah. But that's not sincere.
0: Yeah. Because you know? it's like ulterior motives. Like yeah. that's just to build your own ego versus to, yeah. to contribute positive yeah. to somebody else's but It's like life.
1: codependency. You yes. know, it's like codependency. In Which that.
0: I know very well. <laughs> yeah. Well, Love you know me what? some so, codependence.
1: I always joke around about this. Like, uh, I, I never found a way to make it a bit, but I always joked around that, like, uh, I always joke that I read this book called Women Who Love Too Much.
0: What's that about? I've heard of that.
1: It's a book on codependency. Oh, well, okay. one time, I, well, see, I was dating this I was dating this woman a few years ago, and it ended kind of badly. And I remember I was describing her to a friend of mine, and my friend said, she sounds codependent. And I said, oh, I've sort of heard that term. I have an idea of what it is, but I don't not necessarily so i was like let me i'm gonna buy i looked up a book i i looked up codependency and that book came up and i want to go buy it and it was so funny because i was trying to get an understanding of why shit fell apart you know Mm -hmm. and then i've and it was a book called women who love too much and then the hilarious thing is i always wanted to joke around that in reading the book i found out i was a woman who loved too
0: much (laughs) (laughs) like like, the very last page is like just caps letters it's you
1: it's you But it really was like one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, I do have uh, uh, I either I do or I had these tendencies in the past.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To me, too. Like when I had my last serious relationship before my current one was back in college Mm -hmm. and it essentially was just this poor guy who was like. Still, just one of the most amazing humans I've ever known. He's a great guy. Um, babysitting me for three years, like yeah. picking up my drunk ass from places. Like, I basically, I've said this on the podcast before. I don't, I mean, I feel like I'm being redundant, but he, be, I made him the parents I didn't have in that my parents just weren't loving or coddling yeah. or consoling when I was upset or any, anything. emotionally available anything close to that um so i wanted someone who just like showed me they cared by essentially like you'll do whatever the fuck i want even though i am a mess and so that's not love i mean that's not a healthy love at least and in my current relationship it's like daily practice and it's gotten so much better relationships gotten so much healthier but I, I was scared to be in a relationship all those years between my ex and my current because, like, I don't like the person I become in a relationship. I am codependent as fuck. Like, yeah. you know, and a, a friend who also has issues with that told me, her ex-boyfriend told her, it's you know, it's, it's as if when I leave the room, you don't think we're together anymore. And it's like that fear that when you don't see them in front of you, that it's over. And it's like, it can be paralyzing at yeah. first.
1: You know, the codependency that... I think I related to the most though was uh not the sense of like almost like uh that you're freaked out if they leave or they're not around, which is almost sounds like agoraphobia or something. But like the, the codependency that I remember really struck me was when you kinda date people who don't have it together and you're fixated on helping them get it together.
0: Oh, that's not fun for yeah. either of you.
1: So but the thing is, it's. Well, it sounds like you're probably being a good person or a saint. It's, it's really just this, you're almost being selfish in a way because it's you're helping them to distract yourself from the fact that you don't have it <laughs> you together. don't have it. Together. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So.
0: And it's funny you mentioned Captain Save yeah. because I remember when I got into stripping, which was a couple years ago, and it was right before I got sober. And you know, I was consulting. You was consulting like a bunch of my friends who were mostly stand ups about yeah. it. And you kind of like related with me about your strip club days. Obviously not as a stripper. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but you had this time where you were frequenting them, and you're like, "Don't go there," and because you had your period, so you had that time with strippers. And I I want I want to hear about this time, Chris. Oh,
1: you know what's crazy? The way that happened was, I have a friend. He's a really interesting guy he's a... Uh, I met him years ago, and he used to work for, like, a security, like a private security mm-hmm. company, like like bouncers, and people who do, like, private investigative work. And he's a really interesting guy. He used to work for... Uh, I mean, essentially he was, like, a mercenary. He worked for... Uh, what was that? Black Sun? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Mercen- they're, like, a... They're a guns-for-hire company, a private... Oh. Almost like a private guns-for-hire that worked in Iraq. They got in trouble in, uh, during during the Second Gulf War for shooting civilians and stuff like oh, that. Shit. They're essentially like hired guns. And he worked for them years ago and he's a really interesting guy. I met him and he I met him through one of my old jobs and then we always kept in contact, but he stopped working at where we used to work at together. And he said, Oh, I manage a uh, I manage, I'm manage. i the daytime manager at a strip club.
0: So that's how you started hanging out. It was like your buddy was the door guy. Yeah. I have heard th- those stories before. There's some people that are just like barflies at the strip club. Yeah. Well, it's they're funny too. They're friends with the owner. They're friends yeah, with the manager. They're exactly. friends with the door guy, the DJ, whatever.
1: Well, and it's kind of funny because I was never necessarily a, a big sh- uh, like a stripper guy. Only in the sense that like...
0: You wanted to save all of them?
1: N- no. I'm just fucking <laughs> just cheap. Kidding. I'm like... <laughs> I'm
0: yeah, it costs money to be a strip club guy. Let yeah, me say that. Yeah, it, it costs, costs money. money.
1: It costs money. I don't mind it. Like, I, I'll i go kick it and, like, watch and, you know, tip or whatever. It's fun. It's like, you know. But you
0: didn't have your girl, like, a uh, stripper that was, like, your. No, no,
1: yeah. no, no. Well, oh, okay. I ended up dating one briefly. Okay. Yeah, we dated, yeah, you know, like, casually dated for, like, a few months. But there was nobody that I really. You know what's so crazy is that. I started going because he worked there to hang out with him, and then. But it was one of those things where I'm like, had he worked at a box factory, I would have gone to go hang out with. Like, were you just
0: lonely, Chris?
1: Yeah, yeah. I probably just didn't have. Shit. He was like <laughs> the a guy.
0: No, the guy was your stripper.
1: <laughs> well, he was an older dude, and he kind of game me up on a lot. Of, like, we would talk, mm-hmm. and then he he always just had like good older dude advice. You know, he was
0: like your dad. Well, I'm just joking. It,
1: not really, but you know, like know. he just had like older dude advice or whatever, yeah. and uh, so I would go there and I hang out. But it was really interesting in that I would go there and hang out, and then I would see these characters that would like go there and be regulars. Yeah,
0: they're interesting, like, aren't they? Yeah,
1: there was mm-hmm. one guy who would go, and I always felt bad for him because he seemed like pathetic to me. He would <laughs> he would go and he this fool had like uh, he his whole thing was I'm the funny client. Like, so this fool would go in with glasses and they had like money signs on them. (laughs) And then he had like, he would have a fake cigar, like a fake cigar. (laughs) This fool, I just felt bad for this fool. A fake cigar? Yeah.
0: Even like a real one?
1: Yeah, but it looked like, like comically fake. Like...
0: Oh, like some Marx
1: <laughs> Brothers type shit, you know, I love that. Yeah. That's what's
0: interesting, more interesting than a lot of clients I've had.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Well, I, from the <laughs> outside, I would just look at this boy and he would just blow so much money. And my my friend who is the manager, I'm sure the
0: girls loved him.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they did. Or, or the girl that he he really it was probably his regular, really, he was regular, or regular or whatever. Of. And uh, so I used to go there, you know, I used to go a few times during the week to hang out. Okay, when so you weren't like a
0: strip club regular. You were more just like a bar fly in a strip yeah,
1: club. Yeah, yeah, I was a barfly at a strip then club. Then did
0: that? Was that running along the same timeline time as? I mean, you've talked about it. You had days of dabbling in meth with prostitutes in hotel oh, rooms. Oh, what were these days? <laughs> my
1: tweet. Uh, but also, I've heard
0: you talk. You've talked to me about that before.
1: Yeah, I
0: because uh, you ha- you had a run of like I used. To I think it was before around. I met you. Because yeah, you, yeah, like yeah, now right you're before, very like I feel like before. you're one of the most responsible. People I know, but yeah, like you seem like very like you have it together or just like mature.
1: Yeah, I well, man, I think when I was in, when I was, when I was like in my teens and my tw- like early twenties, when I would party, it was never like fun partying. It was always it was like
0: sad boy partying. It it, it it
1: was it was partying, but it was a little dark, you know. Like oh, I know it was fun, but it was like hotel room it was like <laughs> you know it was like it was like coke or like meth but it wasn't like
0: <laughs> and it nothing was, better than a two-person party in a motel room
1: yeah you know it's like that or a few <laughs> other people and it always got a little dark and mm-hmm. it would. at some point it felt pathetic because i wasn't even like necessarily like it wasn't even, like, at a club. It was literally oh. bumping music at a hotel room. Oh, that's where I got to,
0: too. And I enjoyed it more because the less people, the better. In fact, if it could have just been me, it, I would have loved that. But I was always using somebody else's drugs. So, of course, yeah. it had to be at least one other I person. Know. But if it could have just been me, a hotel room, and cocaine, I was good with that. Until, yeah. like you said, it wasn't good anymore. Yeah. Well, Were you, I, like, in your early 20s or something?
1: Yeah. And I my... I would just I was kind of stupid like I would just do drugs and I I would just say I don't know let's see what happens <laughs> like And lots of things happen. Yeah, happen. and lots of shit happens like oh lem- like man when when I was like when I was like 18 I did a I remember I did like an eight ball coke like all in one sitting Wow. And I had to go to the hospital. Whoa. Like, I took myself to the hospital. Oh, shit. You know, and I was by myself. Like, I literally took myself to the hospital. You did the eight
0: ball by yourself? Yeah. Yeah, wow. No, I, I can relate. <laughs> like, they had
1: to give me a shot to calm me down. Like, I was hyperventilating, you know? It was oh, yeah, like, that was
0: my last night yeah. ever being fucked up was in Vegas like that. It was all yeah. night. and My heart was just about to jump out of my chair. yeah that's how it felt to me i too, was scared you know? shitless i'm like oh yeah. this is the night where i die in las vegas this is yeah. awful
1: i know it's so weird i always think about stuff like that like i just go what was i do? I, I don't i don't know if i wanted to well like did i want to be a martyr but about what <laughs> like <laughs> nothing we were just like <laughs> just sad just pathetic
0: well then what you know? i mean it's not like you got I sober never... how did you yeah. like switch out of that doom and gloom into stand-up well i guess stand-up is its own darkness but at least yeah. it's it's a creative form that you can
1: well you know i think the thing is i was never i was never an addict like i would in the sense that like i would party maybe every few months or every few weeks but when i did it was i wouldn't tell anyone about it i was real secretive and okay. it was it was real dark so then uh But then I then I would go like three months and not do anything, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, was
0: this your early 20s? When was this? Yeah.
1: Early to mid 20s. And then I was like, man, I got to this feels pathetic. You know, like like,
0: this isn't going anywhere. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. How did you transition into stand up? When did you start that? Or was there a big gap in time between the drugs and the stand up? Because stand up is its own fucking drug.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I got a job and then I was just kind of working and I was talking about wanting to do these things. Like I'm like, man, I want to write, I want to do stand up, but I never did those things. And mm-hmm. I, th- I kind of transitioned into bad relationships.
0: Okay. You know? Yeah.
1: Like from doing that kind of stuff, I transitioned into like kind of just like man, you know, like. Bad relationships that aren't necessary They're not abusive or anything. They just meander. They don't go any. You know, it's like... I think I didn't have feel those because I was
0: too scared of, of intimacy. I, I just, like... I'd be with someone for a week and I'd be like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I get the feeling of just being lost and using all these outside things to try to make yourself feel okay.
1: Yeah. That's what it was like. And then I, I got a job and I was working as a writer's assistant for a writer and... I was trying to become a writer, and I was like, "I'll write TV." Like in my mind, I was like, "Well, I want to write comedy, so I'll write TV." And then I did that, and that was kind of hard because I was able to like get a meeting here and there by things that I applied to, and based off of like specs or like scripts or whatever. And then one day, this guy just said, "You know, what's so funny." I remember I told one of my ex-girlfriends, "Like, oh, I want to do stand-up," and she Mm -hmm. she just thought, "Oh, that's that's like a dumb idea." And I just thought, yeah, I guess maybe, you know, like I get I, I almost she reaffir- you almost
0: like r- wrote it off.
1: Yeah, I wrote it off. And then this guy was like, uh, I met this writer and he goes, oh, you should do stand up mm-hmm. like might get you noticed that way. And then I went, yeah, I guess I'll do that. And then that was almost kind of the I. Mean and i broke up with her for that i Be was like bye like,
0: bitch he says i can do it bitch yeah
1: i was just kind of like yeah why am i fucking wasting my time here this is ridiculous because
0: probably at least for me i feel like deep down always my whole life i knew i was going to do stand-up i always wanted to at yeah. least and i was talking to travis clark the other day and he and we would both take it have taken breaks from it and come back and he's like i think if you're meant to do it it's just something that you can never leave like fully quit and that's how i feel and that's how he feels you know a part of me wanted to quit but it's just right back to it and so it's like no matter what people say you're like no somewhere inside me knows that this is my path
1: yeah and you know there's different ways to do it like you could do stand-up and do other things as well oh yeah writing and there's I mean
0: I noticed that at least you know the comics who end up getting on Conan and doing that kind of stuff you know it's right back to miking but it's also they end up writing cool projects and that's what that's where the money is and that's really what i want to do so i think stand-up is there and it's it's like a diving board or what's it like leverage
1: well for me when i started i right away when i started i just thought well i can't fuck around like because when you start when you're 28 everybody else is 20 23 22 21 and then it was the first time that i remember thinking I always dismiss people who were younger than me <laughs> and it was the first time like seeing people that I was like, I'm trying to impress somebody who's seven years younger than me, <laughs> but, but it, it was a great leveler right? in the sense that like, some
0: of them have been doing it since they were like 18. Yeah,
1: it, it, it levels off your ego in that like, okay, so maybe I've been through some personal stuff, but that. That doesn't make you a good stand-up. Yeah, it
0: doesn't mean shit when you're yeah. just trying to make an audience laugh.
1: Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. So, like, don't carry around this, the, the fact that you've done some stupid dark stuff <laughs> as a badge of honor. Because it doesn't mean anything. Because uh, at
0: the end of the day, it's like, how many laughs did you get? Yeah, you know.
1: And this 21-year-old who hasn't done any of that is a thinker mm-hmm. and knows how, to, uh, knows how to write good jokes, you know? So I remember it really helped bring me back down to be like oh man i have to work hard to make these people laugh that's
0: good because you never had this you never had that energy like oh i'm better than you energy ever
1: yeah no i well that as soon as i remember my first week just seeing these people and being like oh i could tell they're young they're like 21 and then
0: so you were just starting when i met you probably that was like five years ago
1: four years ago
0: Oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah cuz I moved out here 6 years ago and I was gonna do stand up, but I waited a whole year because I was like lost and insecure. Yeah. And then even, you know, the initial years. So it was like 5 years ago that I started. Yeah. It must have been when I met you.
1: Yeah, I started uh I hit 4 years in November of last year.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. and it's really taking off, but you've you've been consistent about going at it like I mentioned in the intro, you were just on Time Out LA's list of comics oh, yeah. to watch for this year. Um, was it nice to gain some, some actual published recognition of that for all this work you've been putting in? Yeah,
1: it was nice. It was like a nice thing to show my mom. I, I don't think she necessarily understands. Like, you know, she's like like an immigrant mother. And, you know, there's not, there's not really, there's nothing for her to compare it to. Right. So, but she does, if she sees a magazine, my name's on it it's holds yeah. it some weight but yeah yeah it it felt it felt nice also because like she's so uh she's so supportive in the sense that it's almost like it's almost sad how supportive she is <laughs> why because like she she's so nice about it she's like oh you just keep doing I don't know what it is that you're doing <laughs> but you seem to be really in it and I think oh. And you, I, I'm sure good things will happen. Wow! So, but you are like, I, I'm lucky that she's that way. But I, I, in my head, a few times I've thought, oh, it, I almost wish she wasn't because it's almost she's tragically support. It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a sweet naiveness. But I, you know, I hate like, when people
0: say there's nothing I hate more when somebody says, oh, my parents love me too much or they're no, too. So I'm like, that's not a thing.
1: No, and, and I don't. I'm glad she's that way.
0: But you mean it's kind of, like, sad on your end? Like, yeah. Like, oh, my mom really... She's yeah. really rooting for me. It, she's
1: really rooting for me in this thing that's, like, uh you know, being a comic is not like being a, a doctor. Like, <laughs> you know, when people say they want to be doctors or lawyers and they say that's my dream, you know, th- th- those aren't dreams. Those are goals. Because goals make sense. Dr- <laughs> dreams you. don't. You. you know what I mean? There's like, a difference. The reason, like... Trying to be a comic is as logical as that dream you had where you were riding a unicorn. Yeah, you know what I mean. Stupid, di- I know. Yeah, there's no steps to it. No. And that the only step is that work hard, <laughs> and and even then you're not sort of guaranteed. You know? Like, yeah,
0: I think it's like it's a different path pathway now because of the internet. You can go all different routes with it. Yeah, you I know? think so too. I, I think th- there's people who have like YouTube channels that are getting shows.
1: Yeah, there's people with YouTube stuff. There's yeah i think like podcasting and
0: i have a friend um she was she was on here chloe Feynman, and just her instagram has gotten her serious work um that's because funny. she just makes like these character videos that are so funny and so talented yeah. and it's just like her instagram you know that's yeah. wild that's um crazy. we do have to go to a break right yeah. now but i'm gonna pick it back up on this topic okay. when we get back okay All right, we're back here at Meltdown Comics at 7522 Sunset Boulevard. You guys come through. They sponsor this podcast. They're the best. With my producer, Max Mizell. She's new. She's killing it. She's on top of everything. And, of course, Chris Estrada is here in the studio with me. Um, Chris, I did ask you earlier a little about um, you went on the road with Frankie, um, and you guys played a comedy club, but I met you in the more alternative comedy rooms of Los Angeles. Um, Do you like playing one or the other more or i i know you've said that you do well in both which is kind of a rarity sometimes in comedy
1: yeah i i like doing man i i like both a lot actually like uh i think both i think both serve their purpose but like i don't yeah i you know what's so funny is uh lately what i've been doing i used to not do weird stuff like weirder bits like for for club audiences because I just thought they won't get this and then I just thought nah, you know what like don't don't underestimate them and even if even if uh like the last thing I like I hate to do is like underestimate like a lot of club audiences sometimes are like nine to five working class people okay and like I don't want to underestimate them you know yeah and then and I just, I, what
0: i've learned too is like people are always smarter than i initially think
1: oh yeah you know or if not i and always funny is funny i think yeah.
0: it doesn't necessarily if it works in a room that doesn't mean it won't work in a club room it yeah. just if, if it's funny it's funny yeah
1: or also if i just think to myself like okay this is a really weird idea how do i make uh how do i make this 40 year old oh, person like uh, how, alter yeah.
0: it to your crowd that yeah you're alter it to, to the crowd
1: it, how do how do i write this joke for both crowds Where oh that's it, so cool you know, that's fucking do, amazing i always think of that like how do you write this joke for both crowds like it's a really weird thought or whatever it's not like uh, uh no what i mean is it's a, how do i take this weird thought and write oh. it for both crowds or whatever Like, how do I say one thing that somebody be like, oh, that's really funny. And then follow it with maybe a reference that somebody else who's like maybe a little like headier or a little more Mm -hmm. hip with things would be like, oh, I I get that. Like, yeah, I always think about that stuff, too. I think sometimes when I see comics like uh, only doing stuff that makes them laugh, I go, oh, you're being too precious. Mm -hmm. don't be that precious like Mm -hmm. always think uh, at least I think if you think of oh this is funny how do I relate this to other people yeah Yeah. like I
0: (laughs) there's like infinite an infinite number of times I've heard a comic say to an audience well that was over your head and I'm sitting there thinking we all understood the joke and for me personally as a comedian who writes punchlines like I saw the punchline coming before you said it but It didn't go over anyone's head. It just wasn't funny. Yeah. You know, and so it's funny when people dismiss their audiences and it's like, no, you're the one who needs to be better. They're your sounding board.
1: Yeah. But what's so funny is also like. And I also don't believe like sometimes like I don't I don't think the audience is always right. Like sometimes I think there's bad audiences, you know, or like sometimes there's people who aren't like really great comedy audiences. And I don't know that that necessarily means somebody is a bad comic if they have a bad set. I mean, like you a know, sometimes audience.
0: there's a, a sleepy room. Yeah,
1: there's like sleepy rooms, and then sometimes like there's just people who aren't like comedy people or for whatever. There's like a weird energy, but yeah, I always try to think of like, oh, how do I take this weird thought and that's super smart and make it applicable to both people? Because I kind of grew up that way. Like I grew up into like I grew up thinking I was into weird shit. But there's not not that many people in my neighborhood grew up being because into you grew weird up sh- in South Central. Yeah, South Central and in Inglewood. And
0: you were into what, like, what, like? So,
1: like, I don't know. Say, if I like punk rock music or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Not that many people down there like punk rock music. Got you. And not and maybe a lot of your friends don't like punk rock music. So what are you gonna do? Not talk to them because they don't like punk rock music? Yeah, right. So you have to. learn. You just want to
0: relate to other people. And yeah. being a stand up, you want to re- you want your audience to connect with you. So of course, by relating by to them. Yeah.
1: So you also just think to like, oh, okay, so I'm not gonna not talk to you because you don't you're not into this thing.
0: You'll just talk about the shit that you do get along. with yeah. About
1: yeah, or you just find like common ground, everyday stuff to, to sort of talk about. And Did then- it. That helps you not be precious about the things you oh, love. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, Like you know? Like people that are like, these are my tastes. And if you're not into it, you can go die. I yeah. think that's so silly yeah. because, like, yeah, I, I grew up, I guess, in a, to relate to you, in a small town. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty white trash. And yeah. I was into, I guess, things that now I might look at as highbrow. I didn't know that they were, but I'd find my escapes in, like, high fashion and, like, uh, you know, other things, like, co- like, like he said, heady comedy shows that yeah. like I didn't really know that many people. Things that were involve into. like
1: abstract thoughts. Yeah, yeah, but I still
0: would like I was still the class clown, so I guess my audience in high school would be my peers, the classmates. Like I'm like, how do I get the class to erupt with, yeah. with laughter at this du- uh, side comments I make, which I do yeah. all the time because I was like thirsty as fuck for attention. and, yeah. and I felt like if I, um, because people made fun of me a lot and I was very different. Like I felt like if I could make them laugh, then. There's a part of them that can't help but like me. Yeah. So I have to, like, learn how to, like, get to that part that makes them laugh.
1: Yeah, that I always felt that way, too. Like, I grew up, there was a lot of gangsters in my neighborhood. So I'm like, what are you going to be? Be a fucking square and get, like, robbed and punked? You know, it's like, <laughs> nah, just be slick. Like, learn, know cool. how to talk to them. Like, you got to joke with them, you know? Like, yeah,
0: I-, I saw that. For the time out article, they took a picture of you yeah. um kind of near where you grew up in South Central. Do mm-hmm. you think your experience growing up there like really differs from a lot of comedians, maybe in alternative comedy or, or just I don't know, other comics in general? Do you find uh,
1: that? Maybe. I I remember when I when I when I first started stand up, I heard uh I heard uh, the comedian Colin Quinn on a podcast and then he, he was talk people were talking about like he really evokes like New York city when in his comedy. And then I just thought, Oh, maybe there's a way that I could do that with where I'm from. And then I just,
0: didn't your thing use like your bio used to say something about what's that one? Like redneck comic.
1: Oh, yeah! Oh, oh, I just remembered yeah.
0: this. Um, that the so, Jeff something. Yeah. You're like that. You're like, I'm that, but from like the gangster world or I mean, something. It,
1: it, or, yeah, I think I used to, uh Who's
0: that comic? What was
1: it? Cholo Foxworthy. Or yes. Something
0: like that. Oh, wow. I'm just remembering you know, that. I love that so yeah. much. Cause yeah. That made sense to me.
1: Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it helped a lot in that sense that like, um, <gasps> maybe I'll, re- like, sometimes I'll think to myself, how do I write this joke about from where I'm from? And then make somebody else understand it.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like yeah. a lot of us. Well, at least for me, I didn't grow up like that. Mm. Like you talk about being shot at a bunch of yeah. times. How was that? How was growing up there?
1: That was cool. I mean, I I like it a lot. I still live down there. Um, oh, you do? Yeah. I still live down there. I. I was never shot at because they were. I was some sort of gang. I was always. I was. It was just one of those things. I like, oh, there's a drive by. Like, yeah. you know, like wow. duck down or whatever, Uh-oh. you know, or like, but yeah, that stuff always like, uh, it was interesting. I mean, it was, it was sort of, I like it. I don't know. It's so weird. I, I think the things that, that happened to me there, like, uh. I don't think of them as a big deal, but if I talk about them, people are like, "Oh, it's kind of a big deal." Like, like, (laughs) "Oh yeah, I've seen people get shot." (laughs) Yeah, all casually. You know, like I saw a dude die, and like, wow. So, like, kind of those things, and I don't not to negate them and say that they're small things, but I just go, "Yeah, sure, those things happen. Life continues, or whatever." And, but there's a sense of humor down there, that like you make fun of those things. You or make whatever. light of
0: the things. Yeah.
1: You make light of the things or whatever. So I think that always kind of helped me. Like my high school was pretty bad. There was like race rights in my high school. So you wow. just kind of like learn how to, I don't know. I always think about that stuff. Like
0: I didn't know you still live down there.
1: Oh yeah. I, I like living down there though. It's uh, it feels like a nice getaway from comedy.
0: I bet. That's why yeah. I like living in the Valley. I'm like, i know. okay, I don't have to run into anyone I know. Well, I, I do know a bunch of Valley people there, but they're, for the most part, not comics. Yeah. That's um, why I
1: think it, uh, I always used to laugh and think it was so cool that you and uh, com- Ashley Hamilton, who was a comic, yes. who moved, your friend moved to New York. You guys were like proud Valley girls. We are so
0: proud. and I, I loved like, it. Everyone loved shits it. on the Valley, but I think yeah. I grew up kind of white trash. I like how kind of grimy the Valley is and that when you go into Hollywood or East Hollywood or West Hollywood, people are really dressed to the nines and whatever the style in that area is but the valley style is just like it's like a runoff of hollywood and i love that shit i love like the kind of dirtiness of it i love that like everyone i know in the valley like sometimes they're surprised when i i don't tell them i'm I'm a comedian i like that they don't know that part of me it's weird i like it feels like i'm more of my genuine self and almost like when i go over the hill i not that i have to put on a face but in a in a way like yeah. every turn i i go to a meet someone at a cafe down here and i run into five people i know through comedy yeah. or something
1: yeah i don't see anyone down there it's like it's kind of nice like i mm-hmm. mean when i'm here it's nice to when i'm like in i don't know like you know silver lake or echo park or hollywood or east hollywood you know where comedy seems to happen a lot yeah it's nice to see those people, and I appreciate that time. But when I'm down there, when I'm down in like Inglewood or South Central, it's nice because I don't, I don't see anyone. I, nobody knows I'm a comic. Nobody knows I do anything. Doesn't
0: that feel good?
1: Yeah, it feels great. I and love one it. day,
0: which is probably soon, when you have like millions of fans, like it'll be nice to hide away from that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just like it. Uh, I also, I, uh, I like being around like. I don't know, sometimes if I don't see, like, down there it's nothing but either black or Latino people, Mm -hmm. and, like, I like being around people like that, you know? Even if I don't necessarily, if I'm not talking to them, or even if they, even if the encounters may not always be great, sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not, you know, people have personalities or whatever, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just like the idea of like people don't do comedy down there nobody gives a yeah. fuck they yeah. got real jobs doesn't
0: that feel so good sometimes to oh, be around oh it feels great that's I why like I like I, I don't love going home but I appreciate it now because nobody's like trying to give you a business card at a, at like a a fucking bar or something like yeah it's great um so also you have made plenty of jokes over the years about dating white women which you used to scorn but now you are dating one oh, um yeah how uh, does how is that like is it does like your mom care uh no. have you because i remember you made fun of it a lot i i don't did i
1: i maybe you, i did, did. maybe, maybe on i love Twitter, your, I like did. faint like forgetfulness
0: yeah. yes you did
1: uh you know, what's so funny.
0: I'm just calling you out right no, now. No, but so it, it's so out. funny
1: because I used to... I I remember sometimes I would see... If I would see, like a, like, a Mexican dude with, like, a like a white chick, I would be like, look at this phony motherfucker right here. <laughs> like, I used yep. to be like, you fucking nerd. Like, you phony yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, you used to write jokes like, about it. Yeah, and... Well, it's so funny because... And, and you know what's funny? There's been... But now that shit is happening to me. That's what I fucking get because sometimes, like, I remember one time we were out with this, with uh, I was out with my girlfriend, and I saw this like Latina chick looking at me, and I could tell she was hood with it, you know. Mm -hmm. And she gave me the look that I used to give people—the look she she gave me, like you phony motherfucker. Like, and then I just thought, oh man, this is what I get. This is is your recompense. Yeah, but it's so funny because I think you know I always. I would go on dates with different people, but for the most part, like, you know, I would, because of who I grew up with, I always dated like Latinas. I, I went out on dates with like black women or Asian women or white women, but I always ended up in relationships with Latinas and, mm-hmm. but my girlfriend's white. And it's so funny because it is a thing I sort of think about. Like, um, yeah, I, my mom doesn't care. Mm-hmm. She's met her and she really likes her. Uh, she doesn't care at all. Uh, she just likes that she speaks Spanish, oh really, yeah, cool, my mom thinks she speaks more Spanish than she does, so she'll mm-hmm. exclusively speak to her in Spanish oh, when okay. she sees her, so I'll end up translating a little, but um yeah i i i I sort of think about it because the, sometimes when I'm out, I don't want people to think that I'm with her because she's white, got you, like uh i like I think. I find her attractive because I find her attractive, you know. Like, yeah, of course. I, I feel gross. You ever see a dude with someone who, and you could tell he fetishizes someone, like you know, dudes who might fetishize Asian women.
0: Oh fuck yeah! And I he, see I, that. I see kind of couples at my club sometimes. And I'm like, oh.
1: And and that kind of feels gross to me, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I never. I don't ever want anybody to think that I'm fetishizing. Uh, my girlfriend
0: for sure i was mostly just making fun of you because oh I no but it's a real it. thing
1: it's a real thing i don't ever want people to think i fetishize like i'm fetishizing my girlfriend because she's white at the expense of women who look like my sisters yeah you of know course. of course like and
0: you're not a shithole guy <laughs> yeah and it is a
1: thing i think about like i i do think about it and there's differences like there's there's differences in the sense that like there's cultural difference in that we can't talk about the same things sometimes that I could maybe and relate to other people. But
0: sometimes I actually I feel like that a lot with my boyfriend. He is actually the first white guy that I've dated. Yeah, and um, he grew up rather does wealthy. Does he call you
1: his dragon lady? <laughs> actually, yeah, no, he calls me kidding. the girl. He does call
0: me the girl with the dragon tattoo. So yeah. yes, in a way. Um, but he grew up pretty wealthy, and like it's so funny because. I never before moving to LA did I meet people who called themselves not that rich, but every white person I've met in LA calls themselves not that rich. In my head I'm like, "Oh, does that just mean you didn't have your own pool in the backyard?" Or like, yeah. "They're like, come on. I I feel like because there's like a wealth level at least with a lot of the white people I know in LA that like I'm like, "You guys did grow up rich, by the way. You just don't you're yeah. comparing yourself to like multimillionaires or yeah. something like that." Yeah. But yeah, sometimes it's it's hard to relate like because I always had to have jobs since I was, like, 16 yeah, or something. Yeah, same
1: here. I, I started working, like, 15. Even, and like, like, a different that. economic level yeah. growing
0: up. Like, it's so hard. Sometimes I, I get angry at him because I'm like, really? Like, you can't relate with this thing I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. But whatever. I mean, that's just dating. That's yeah. Just no, that's in dating. But that's,
1: it's almost like one of those things. It's almost like in comedy where, like, you have to find a way to relate to people who aren't like you. Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah. and so, um,
0: my boyfriend, and I related about a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, but it almost makes things more meaningful. Like, for example, I the joke is that me and my uh, me and my girlfriend have nothing in common on that superficial level that we enjoy the same music or movies. Like or, yeah, we have no similar tastes. So in a sense, like what we do end up talking about seems slightly more meaningful. You know, oh yeah,
0: I get that. I get that. And I feel that with my boyfriend, like our taste even in comedy and like television shows is very different. But it's so funny because we're just we're both like two white people that love hip hop and it's so fun. like that's like yeah. part of the reason I, I fell for him. I don't know why. It was just like so dorky, but
1: like you for you're you love the big bang theory and he loves two and a half men. <laughs> yeah, I <No>, love okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we both have awful tastes. Yeah
0: no um oh yeah so i want to bring it around to since it, since it is the freak show mm-hmm. i ask all my guests what does being free mean to you chris so does that's your question of the day
1: uh what does being free or freak
0: uh being free <laughs> i thought you said freak <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you, you freaky chris oh, no I'm how am i free what no what does it mean to you
1: man in a weird way it means uh Having a strong work ethic. Like.
0: How. I'm like trying to piece this together.
1: Well. It allows you to. It's almost like. At at some point like. Oh. If you work hard at things or whatever. Like I'll find myself. Oh I got to work hard at this. So. When I have. When I have all the time in the world. It's. I'm literally free, but I don't do anything with it. Cause oh, I do- yeah. I don't know when to start.
0: I know. Me, too. Yeah. It's so, almost like I do better, busier. Yeah. Like, like sometimes. Being so a- in
1: a way, that's my freedom is being yeah. able to. Because when I have all the time, I get this. I'm, I get this feeling of inertia where I, I, I can't do anything. I mm-hmm. When you have all the time in the day, you don't know when to start and totally and then you start contemplating things or you find things to distract yourself or... absolutely it was like one yeah. of the hardest parts
0: about stripping is like i work 18 hours a week oh, and going from like restaurant jobs like 30 plus hours or whatever yeah. to that like i was super lost in space for a while extremely unmotivated um and but now like i schedule my time throughout the day yeah and it helps because like it, I've, I've heard that from multiple people as people who work day jobs and stuff is like then you like you relish those precious hours at night to write or to yeah. go do up Cause yeah. you started stand up when you were working a day job, right? Yeah.
1: I was working a, I was working a job and that job was really intense. I, uh, I, I was working like 40 plus hours a week. It was a full time wow. job. Wow. I mean, sometimes working 50 hours a week and I was always tired cause I would get out of work and then go try to hit two or three open mics and which goes and well complete, into the uh, night. Yeah. Well into the night. And then, um, uh, I was always tired, so I would do the best out of my time, but I ended up quitting that job, and then, I was gonna say, "Yeah, you don't yeah, work there anymore, yeah, I don't work there i'm I miss the benefits of it, but i just I knew if I was gonna stay there, I would just become that job was gonna be the rest of my life, and then I would mm-hmm. treat comedy as a hobby, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing, but I just knew that wasn't that wasn't the way I wanted to treat it
0: absolutely, you
1: know, so then what ended up happening is I quit and then there was a time that I had this inertia. It, I wasn't scheduling things, and I was kind of like my day didn't begin till nighttime. Mm-hmm. But then that's
0: why I was like joking earlier, like four o'clock. It's comedian and stripper no, morning. Yeah, we work nights. We're night people. Yeah,
1: we're night people. But now I sort of like I I always have this guilt. It's like I think because all my family is like you know you two you come from working class people. Yeah, people you know, work really hard. We work. Yeah, my mom works really hard. Your parents work really hard. We're like. We come from blue-collar people. I, I don't come from office people, which is still hard work and mirrors nine to five hours. But, you know, I come from blue-collar people, so I feel bad waking up at 10 in the morning. Yeah,
0: I have sometimes at the strip club, like, when I'm just talking to dudes or whatever, they're like, oh, you've been sleeping all day? Like, I get that a lot. People are like, oh, you've just been sleeping all day? Because I always work 8 to 2 Yeah. Um, at night. And I'm like, no, I got up at 10 today and I've been busy all day. And that's every day for me. Yeah, I, I like to stay busy because I notice like I feel like I feel like a sack of shit if I'm not doing anything and then I'm just going to the strip club. Like, yeah, I feel like where's my life going? I know. And then I actually have more energy weirdly when I'm busier.
1: Yeah, because
0: I feel I think because I feel happier. I feel fulfilled. I don't feel depressed.
1: I know. I, I sort of feel that way, too. Like, I, that's what I mean. It's so funny that like. Being tied down to a schedule and working hard feels like freedom to me in that sense.
0: Oh, exactly. You
1: know, because when I'm not doing, when I don't have a schedule and I'm not working hard on things... I feel confined by my own inertia, like not knowing when to start anything. It's so, no, totally. It's overwhelming. And it slips into depression and it slips into so many things of like self. It's like a downward spiral. I kind of
0: noticed that with just the various, I've known some people out here that are rich kids that come from a lot of wealth and their parents just throw money at them. And they're so they're so much more sad than anyone I've ever known and they're on all kinds of pills and they just sit around all day with their things and it's really sad and that's kind of the sort of people I've met through my boyfriend I guess not mm. not him specifically but some of circles that he's known because he grew up out here and it's just that level of like wealth and depression and that also shows me that like Literally, money cannot buy you happiness. Yeah. I'd like to be... I always like to be comfortable, yeah, of course. Yeah, because it
1: makes, it makes life m- easier. Like, in the not, not necessarily easier, but it makes things... It makes it not as hard, not but... Not as it's, stressful, maybe? Not as stressful, yeah. But it doesn't... It's not as... It doesn't fulfill every People need. who
0: have all the material things and just their parents throwing money at them, like... I mean, I've heard of so many heroin overdoses and it's like, damn, like, yeah, that's what uh, it's crazy. So I, I like that. I also noticed that there. I don't make as much money at the club anymore. It's really kind of the industry is not as lucrative. But when I was making a lot of money i didn't know what to do with it i saved it and i traveled which is great that's but great
1: i remember when you traveled you went to europe right i did yeah. and i'm
0: going to japan soon and i'm oh, probably gonna travel for a while great. since i don't have that much money anymore but
1: your grandmother's japanese or... uh yeah
0: yeah yeah. so do it's you like know any family home.
1: members like maybe distant family members over there
0: we don't we were never close with her side but mm. my brother is in the air force stationed out there so we're gonna go visit him which oh, is exciting that's great. um But when I I was saying I I, when I had like a lot of money from work, for the first time in my life I had money and I was being paid to write for Playboy and that was was a good chunk of money as well. I didn't know what to do with it. I always thought like, you know, money was happiness and great. Like I love like I guess I like clothing a lot. That's something I like. But like there's nothing I want to spend it on. I don't care about fancy cars. I don't yeah. care about fancy shit, like so yeah. I realized like, oh, like my happiness is just like if I'm comfortable, yeah, you know,
1: yeah, same here i don't
0: I don't have to have that much money. um so what do you not like about stand-up? because I know we've talked about, a lot about you know the things you do
1: you it's kind of hard, but you know what i sometimes like from doing stand up shows like from going on the road is sometimes the expectation that people want from you like people who go see you sometimes they want you to hang out afterwards oh really yeah and i just i'm not a hangout afterwards type of guy like like i don't think it's a bad thing but i just think to myself like man i just i just i sacrificed a lot in life like to do stand up at this club, like i mean, i mean, in the sense that I dedicated so much time to stand up that I don't—I have friends that I grew up with that I don't see anymore because mm-hmm. this is kind of where my life is at. And then I go, so I'm at—I uh, I might if they go, oh, come and hang out at this bar with us.
0: You feel kind of guilty.
1: There's part of me that feels guilty, and then there's part of me that says, I think I. I almost think I'm lessening the experience you had doing in coming to watch stand up. You mean
0: like I'm the performer versus like the buddy?
1: Yeah, where it's like, it's like, I hate hate saying this because I don't want to sound conceited, but it's like, if you had a good time and you like my comedy, that means the world to me. But then if we hang out afterwards, what becomes the important thing is that you hung out with the comic from oh
0: interesting
1: and it's like i didn't work hard to hang out
0: cool you know like does that make sense it does make sense because i just i don't know of course i relate it back to the strip club because i I don't know it's just my experience but it's like here's the it's the same dynamic happens when like guys they, they beg you at one point to hang out with them like some of them yeah they like come in there a handful of times they like you and they're like Please, let's just like, just gra- I'll go buy you food at the late night diner or just come over, or come to this after hours, come to this party, like I'll take you out to dinner. Like they just, at one- at some points, they beg you. And yeah. I have strict rules about not giving my number out, not meeting up with guys outside the club. And of course, you know, I have a boyfriend and I'm sober. So those are, of course, huge deterrents. Yeah. But even before the boyfriend, like, yeah, you- like I-, I learned the hard way early on in stripping that when you start hanging out with them outside the club, they stop paying you money, like then you see that with happened with like a lot of girls and their regulars, like yeah. they they start going home with them and whatnot, or even just hanging out, yeah, going yeah, on dates course. with them, paid dates, and the guy stops spending money because like, I see what you're saying. It's like yeah. they stop seeing you as like the performer mm. and more as like oh we're homies now, like yeah. I don't have to pay you anymore, or like like maybe like put you on a pedestal a little bit, not in like a conceited yeah. way. But the money stops, at least for strippers. And I can see yeah. what you're saying about maybe not the respect lowering, but something to that effect. Yeah.
1: Well, it's so funny because I go, I'd rather, I'd rather have a meaningful five-minute conversation with you.
0: Yeah. And, and they'll hold on and, to that. They'll be stoked about that, that. that. And
1: say, and even say, and because when people, if somebody said, hey, I really liked your stand-up. And I would be like, oh, thank you. That means a lot. And we might have a conversation. I'm like, what do you do? And that that meaningful five minute interaction is more it is more honest than sometimes for me personally going to hang out afterwards.
0: I like that because I hear a lot of comics yeah. on the road be like, "Yeah, that's what we do. We go to the bar after and we bang a bunch of chicks because they saw us perform." Like yeah. that's what I hear about the road. Yeah, or doing lines all night. I'm or also something.
1: fucking miserable. I just want to go back to the hotel room and like <laughs> I want. Yeah, I just my idea is to go to a dive bar and have a drink or two and then i'm boring i just want to yeah. go back to the room and- it's fun being boring yeah i
0: think we well i guess maybe because the the partying days to, led to hotel room binges with people yeah. so it doesn't seem so glamorous no. or exciting anymore it's nice to yeah. get that out of your system isn't it when yeah. you're younger yeah i think not so let it too. fuck fuck like up your it. comedy career
1: yeah i like it yeah very it good.
0: seems like you were like very either wise about it or lucky lucky
1: i try I'm yeah trying to be wise about it
0: So, um, just to close out, where can people see you perform? This is going to come out this week. So see you perform, follow you online or what? See your videos. Oh yeah.
1: I'm going to be, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, Chris Estrada 85. And then, uh, on YouTube, if you just put comedian Chris Estrada, I have a clip on there.
0: And then, um, do you have your shows listed anywhere or do you just put that on your Twitter? Oh, I put that on my Twitter
1: and, uh. Yeah, I do have a show. It's um I'm doing Hot Tub on March uh March 5th. Yay. It's a show in LA. It's a big show in LA. Yeah. One of the biggest. Yeah, so I'm doing that March 5th on a Monday. I hope
0: you'll still agree to do our little show after I'll doing Bitcoin. Hot Tub, Chris.
1: Bitcoin.
0: We won't be able to book you. You're just too mu- too big. I'll be well this is a lovely conversation catching up so So thanks for coming out
1: thank you so much
0: thank you all right you guys tune in next week for Casey's Freak Show bye